Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, Hello and welcome to episode 111 of Tenty Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with U.S. Navy veteran and Patriots hockey goalie Adam Broll. Adam and I met up at the Stadium Series in Raleigh a few weeks ago and had a lot to talk about, from the Stadium Series game to his start in hockey in the L.A. area. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Adam. Well, Adam, hey, good to uh, see you again. Good to good to get you on the podcast, even though you you don't feel like you belong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I'm glad to be here, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, hey, so, sometimes you gotta scrape that bottom of that barrel to get them clean, right? <laughs> Hey, sometimes those are the funnest ones. <laughs> yeah. So you are out in the San Diego area, correct? Um, actually, I'm in San Bernardino. It's a suburb of Los Angeles. I'm okay. About an hour, an hour east of Los Angeles. Okay. All right. So, did you grow up out there, or? Yeah, I've I've grown up all over what we call as the Inland Empire. It's multiple different cities. Um, I've kind of been all over this place pretty much my whole life. So how the heck did you get turned on to the great game of hockey? <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh at this one because, you know, I don't know how many people are going to see this, but the jerseys behind me is the Mighty Ducks movies. Oh, so yeah. when, when they came for the Goodwill games, you're like, hey, you saw them skating on the uh, playground? No, I actually saw the <laughs> uh, the original uh, Mighty Ducks movie, the, you know, the D5 team. And yeah, actually, that's what got me into hockey. And I want to say uh, couple of years later is when I actually started playing roller hockey. Now you, you'll appreciate this. When I, when that movie came out, I was a scorer and my dad convinced the coach that it was a good idea to tie me to the net and they were going to, but the coach chicken out at the last minute, but 
that scene was filmed at Augsburg Arena here in the Twin Cities. And mm. Augsburg was one of my rivals in college, but for some reason I had some of my best games there. And it never uh, slipped my mind that when I was in the uh, visitor's end, that that's where they tied Goldberg to the net. That's funny. That's actually really funny. Yeah. Which, great ice, but I hate that rink now as a beer leaguer because they only have two locker rooms. So when you go there for a game or pickup hockey, you get ready in the locker room, then you got to bring your bag out with you so that the people coming on after you can go use the locker rooms. It's just, it, it's a terrible setup in, in all honesty and in, in, in a not so great part of town. But when I was in college, I loved it because we got both of those locker rooms because Augsburg had their own that nobody gets to use. So it's okay. like, yeah, we, we, we had use of both locker rooms and everything else, but that's also where I played my last collegiate game. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those rinks that has a little, little spot in my heart. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of interesting that it has that, uh, that history behind it as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're growing up in the LA, greater LA area. And I, I say, cause being from Chicago, people are, you know, it's the Chicago land area. And they're like, well, how big is that? It's like, well, it stretches from Southern Wisconsin into Western Indiana. <laughs> you know, they, and uh, it's, it's kind of funny. You, you run people and they say, oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, what part? Well, I'm from Rockford. I'm like, no, you're not even from the Chicago land area. Shut up. Uh, so I understand <laughs> LA is kind of the same idea. It's like you're from the LA area, but it's much bigger. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you can almost break up California into four sections. You have San Diego, you have LA, Napa, and then San Francisco. And then technically you can do like Palm Springs, like the desert area. <laughs> now, do people in California just want to get rid of San Francisco too? Or is it just um, middle America that's like San Francisco should be, it's just put them on their own island. <laughs> Me personally, I'd prefer that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, most of California is one way and one way only. And yeah, it doesn't quite work out for me, but I'm still here. So you're still there. Yeah, no, I, I get it. <laughs> so you, you're growing up in the L.A. area and you see this wonderful, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, you know, it, it's up there with uh, Citizen Kane and The Godfather. Um yeah. And ice really wasn't, you know, available like it is here in Minnesota for you. So you start, you start skating, you know, in the streets and in the playgrounds, you know, how did that start for you? Um, really, I just kind of bugged my dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I started bugging him so much that he actually went out and got me a pair of roller blades, got me one of the, uh, you'll laugh, one of those old Milek uh, hockey sticks where it's the wood shaft and the plastic. Yeah. That's one of those little, one of those little plastic pucks that don't don't mix with concrete or asphalt. No. <laughs> so I started uh taught myself how to skate, um, which was surprising because you know you fall down a lot. And once I finally uh, was able to start skating, uh, my dad saw that I had a real interest in it, and he decided to uh, sign me up for a local league when I was, I believe I was 13, 12 or thirteen when I finally started playing. Now that local league was it, uh, and I apologize, you may have mentioned it, but I had that Roomba emptying uh, in the next room over <laughs> that first league. Was it a roller hockey league or, you know, were you like, Nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going right out onto the ice. Um, no, it was a roller hockey league. Like 
at the time, I didn't even know there was ice rinks in Southern California other than <laughs> at the time, the Great Western Forum where the Kings were playing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people overlook the value of, you know, learning to skate, playing roller hockey, or, you know, like where you're at, it, it's more available to go out and skate on the playground than it is uh, on the ice. So I, I think you're starting to see more kids go that route, which is awesome. Uh, at some point, though, you decided, you know what, I want to be a goalie. Was that when you were still playing roller hockey or when were you like, no, this is where I belong? Yeah, I was still playing roller hockey. Um, it, it actually came down to a Mighty Ducks style moment where um, our goalie was afraid to stay in the net. So the coach actually had players hold him in the net and shoot pucks at him to try and get around it. And I kind of looked at the coach. I was like, well, coach, I'm a baseball catcher. Why don't I try this? And I really never looked back after that. Like once I got into the net, it just felt natural, almost being like, you know, right being being right behind home plate. <laughs> and I'm sure that other goalie was grateful. Oh, he was. He, <laughs> he actually gave me half of his gear. Like, you can have this. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um because i i think it's normal for young goalies to have a little bit of fear of the puck but there's a difference between having a fear of the puck and still wanting to stop it versus just having that fear of like no get me out of here oh yeah well like you know i was a product of the 80s and 90s you know yeah. my dad used to i love my dad and everything that he did for me but he would take, you know, baseballs and throw them at me as a catcher. And he would yeah. throw them fairly hard for, a, you know, eight, nine-year-old. So, yep. you know, I, I learned to get rid of that fear. So, like I said, once I stepped in a net, it just seemed like a natural progression. You know, it's funny you say because I remember the goalie school I went to. And the, the shooters were all, you know, adults. And they would sometimes fire them hard. And we're like, oh, it hurt, that hurts. And they're like, if you can handle that, you're going to be just fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> when shooters your own age are shooting on you, and it's like, oh, maybe you've got a point. Um, you know, so I, I, I get that. And at the same time, the equipment in the 80s, you felt it a lot more. Um, oh, yeah. e even if you had good equipment, you still felt it. And I, I think it was uh, Kelly Rudy I had the conversation with where, you know, he thought goalies lack that today. They, they lack that, that slight fear of the puck. Uh, of, ooh, if I don't play this right, it's going to hurt. And and that's why, you know, it could be argued some of those goalies of the 80s and 90s and even 70s, maybe they had a little bit better use of their hands than today's goalies that are more into the blocking of it. If, if they had a fear of that puck, maybe they would play different. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I do believe it was the, the Kelly Rudy episode. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> in case people are wondering, I'm a a big time listener of the podcast. <laughs> we've able to become, I would say, you know, they have a decent friendship over on online talking through Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like it seems like the equipment nowadays is so protective that it almost seems like goalies don't understand what it is to protect the net. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're more worried about the technical aspects of the game where they're not worried about the net behind them, which is why I think we also have a higher scoring game nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had, I have this group chat with my high school teammates and one of them 
just blew it up as Ovechkin started getting closer to breaking Gretzky's record. And he's he went on there to say that Gretzky wasn't all that great because goalies in the 80s were garbage. And, and I was like, oh, th- this is going to be a hot topic. And I am totally outnumbered here. Uh, but I started out, well, we're going to have to agree, disagree before we even get started. Um, I was like, it was a different game, different shooters, different equipment, you know, different uh, forwards were running different systems. They had wooden sticks, you know, th- yeah. that's why goalies played out so far and everything else. So give Gretzky today's modern equipment and today's modern game, he probably scores a, t- a bunch more goals because oh, yeah. he saw, he still sees the game in a way nobody else has ever seen. And he's like, well, no, what- goalies were garbage. That's why he scored so many. He wasn't <laughs> that good. I was like, no, don't even. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, I think it was an interview with Gordy Howe because he, uh, you know, had the flat yeah. before the curves came out. And he goes, he goes, I can guarantee two things. He goes, it was going to be a really hard shot or it was going to be up in the air or down on the ground. He yeah. goes, that was it. He goes, I couldn't pinpoint where I wanted it. And he goes, I can just tell you if I can pick it up in the air or put it on the ground. So, I mean, same thing. Like, you look at Gordy Howe, how many, you know, what could he have done if he had today's technology? Yeah. But as you've, you know, always said on the podcast, too, it's like Gretzky always looked for that open ice. It wasn't the open player. It's where he wanted the players to be or yep. where he wanted to be and the players to find him. Which essentially revolutionized the game. And I think that's like the modern breakthrough of what we call uh, the flow of the game now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. He was thinking, you know, we see that, that scene from uh, uh, Miracle where, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're trying to learn how to play the Russian style. Think of Wayne Gretzky playing in that Russian system. He had the perfect mind for it, Mm -hmm. Um, but he played the North American system, but he had the perfect mind for it. And, you know, in very much like Ted Williams and some of the other, you know, all-time great athletes, just, it just came so natural to him. He didn't know how to coach it. Yeah. You know, that's I remember when I was trying to teach my kids how to ride a bike and they're like, well, what do you do? It's like, you just get up there and you do it. Like it's a balance yourself and pedal. What do you mean? What do you do? It's just, you do it. Uh, I was not a very good teacher for that. Somehow they still both learned how to ride bikes. Uh, I think it was just out of sheer determination. It wasn't through my coaching, but either that or they just got tired of falling down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember what did it for my son. Uh, The little girl down the street had taken her training wheels off and she was a year younger than him. And he was like, no. And so he came, he's like, take my training wheels off. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And like two rips down the street after falling, he was like, all right, I got this. It was like, once he saw somebody younger than him and it being a girl, he's like, nope, nope, not on, not on my watch. Um, and he didn't turn back. Yeah, that, that male ego kicked in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was just so funny. He comes over, you know, in, he was made for not even and you know so he had that little kid you know speech and he's like take these off i was like please first of all but okay are you sure and he's like yep yep i'm sure um so you're playing roller hockey uh at what point did you make your your way onto the ice um actually i played um 
I played, well, as you call it house hockey, but we called it club hockey out here. So I played uh, club roller hockey up until high school. And then once I got to high school, I found out that we had a roller hockey club because they wouldn't recognize it as an actual sport. Yep. That's so how it technically playing... was at my high school. Even though we had had a team since I think it was the late 60s. So the Chicago Catholic High School Hockey League is the oldest continuously operating conference or league in high school league in the U.S. Um, oh, wow. That's what I'm told. There's plaque at the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, I'm told. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and they started the year Kennedy got shot. And I know that because our trophy for the league championship is the Kennedy Cup for that reason. So it's, it's oh, wow. my high school team has been around that long. But in Illinois, high school hockey isn't recognized as a high school sport. So it's technically a club, even though all of the schools like recognize it and support it but it's still considered club sports oh wow well, it's, didn't know it's that. weird not <laughs> not like here in minnesota where it is like the sport in fact section championships are happening this week and my kids my kids school punched their ticket to the state tournament last night so that's exciting next Ooh. next weekend it's all on tv nice well tv for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't really get to see it uh, that often out here <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll have to, they do stream the games. I'll have to send you the link when it comes out. Uh, yeah, definitely. But oh, those definitely. games are great. You get Lou Nanny, the great North star. He's been doing, it, I think 50 years now doing color commentary for a lot of the games and wow. yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, That's awesome. But so, so you're in high school, it's uh club roller hockey, um, but you're still playing roller hockey. You're not on the ace yet. Yeah. So my junior year, um, we switched over to ice hockey. Um, that's when I found out that we actually had uh, two rinks within the area. And the, at the time, you know, high school, 25 minute drive is pretty far for us because, you know, we don't know the concept of real yeah. distance at that point. So we had one up here in the mountains because I'm uh, down below Big Bear. And um, there's a little town called Blue Jay where there was one rink up there that that's where we primary played. And then we have two teams out in our two sheets of ice out in Riverside at Riverside Ice Town, which is now the LA Kings Ice Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can tell with my affiliation, I'm not, you know, keen on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we actually we switched over to uh ice hockey and we actually even switched over the the high school club league to ice as well. So we were going back and forth playing ice and roller hockey at the same time. So how did that first uh, trip out onto the ice go for you, especially for goalie? Because roller hockey goalie is very different in terms of your foot movement. How did that work Uh, out for you? um, Probably my first two weeks of practice, I felt like Bambi on ice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was was completely different. Like I I had the grip of roller hockey and the the sport court, which at the same time doesn't lead to – your pads sliding you know very well and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden i get to ice where everything just flows so quickly it, it took a while for me to get movements down and get back into my normal rhythm yeah well it, i i think a lot of the goalies i've seen that have played roller first their their read of the game is better it's a little more advanced because you have to read the play. You have to understand what's going on so you can be in position because it's not as easy to move around um did did you kind of notice that maybe a little bit that you're you're reading the game a little bit quicker than us? Um, uh... yeah. 
once I started getting the flow back of, you know, the game, I started noticing it, it seemed to come a lot easier. I was able to anticipate more. And one of my buddies that I play with now actually just kind of brought it up recently and it made perfect sense, but I never realized it in the time roller hockey, you're pushing the puck mm-hmm. where ice hockey, you're following the puck. So yeah. when you push, when you push the puck, you have to read the play, but when you're playing ice hockey, you just kind of got to, you know, play luck of the draw because you're going where that puck wants to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they always tell us read and react. Um, and yeah. that, that's what we're doing is we're, we're like you said, you're letting the puck tell us where we're going to go. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know, but it, it's funny because you, you know you say push the puck, and I, and I understand the concept. Uh, it kind of reminds me of you know '80s and somewhat '90s goaltending, where you know we would cheat and we would kind of leave you know a, mm-hmm. our glove side open a little bit. We we would tempt shooters to go that way, and it kind of seems like that's kind of what roller hockey was for you, where it's like you're you're trying to get them to go somewhere. Um, whether or not it works out, that that's always the question. Or, yeah, they might take it and they still beat you. Um, <laughs> is that kind of where, where you were going with that, with pushing the puck? You're trying to push them to go somewhere? Um, Kind of. Um, not so much as, like, as a skater. Like, the skater mm. has to push the puck in front of him to keep it going, where ice hockey, the, yeah. you know, the ice will take it where it wants. But, yeah, there was times where – yeah, you know, I would cheat a little bit and, you know, either leave a glove side open a little bit and see if they would go that way and take the bait. Um, but roller hockey, once you, the closer the play got, it, it it seemed a little bit more difficult because like we're on ice, you can have a little bit more free flowing movement mm-hmm. where roller hockey, you have to, you know, push yourself a lot harder to get from post to post. Yeah. So that, that was one thing I had to learn too, transferring over to ice is that, the power that I had to use for roller hockey to get me to one side to the other would get me halfway across the rink. On the ice. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing too, you know, to your point, the ball versus the puck operates differently, but mm-hmm. so does the skating, you know, in hockey, you can stop on a dime. You mm-hmm. can make the tight turns where you can make it somewhat tight turn on roller blades, but not as tight as you can in hockey. You can't stop on the dime like you can in hockey. So it's a wider game is what's coming to my mind, but it it's almost opens it up a little bit more because it's not so in tight on each other. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, with roller hockey, you you almost have to use the entirety of the rink to skate to get around guys sometimes where yeah when you're on ice you can make that quick turn or that pinpoint stop and you know change direction where roller hockey it's you had a you had opportunity to do a almost like a hockey style stop yeah but instead of you know using both of your feet to stop in ice hockey you're only using one yep um which it's still it it's not the same as, you know, stopping on, <laughs> stopping on ice. I, I wish I had them in my office right now, but my rollerblades I had from uh, playing out on the parks was the old Nike air zooms, the Federoff skate. Oh, I wanted I, those so bad. Oh, I, I wanted I, those so bad. <laughs> they are the most comfortable skates I've ever worn. I still have them, still wear them. And I, I saved up, um, 
they, they weren't cheap at the time. I remember that they were probably three, 400 bucks, which mm. in the mid nineties was a ton of money for skates. Which um, today are like the $1,200 pro skates that are out there. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I, I saved up and I was maybe 80 bucks short and it was my birthday. And my dad goes, that's what you really want, isn't it? He's like, you've been saving. It's like, yep. He's like, I'll kick in the other half and let, let's go get them. And then when the snow melts, you'll be ready to go. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And it's fun. I've had so many people offer to buy them from me. I'm like, no, they're my favorite rollerblades. My wife was going to get me a <laughs> new pair the one time. Cause I was skating with the kids and she's like, those are kind of old. And it's like, no, I don't want new skates like the, I, I want these you know if anything i need new wheels and new bearings but that that's it they're oh they're yeah. such awesome skates but uh a little bit flashy that's for sure <laughs> well if i remember correctly those those skates were actually made from the actual boot that fedorov was using on the ice mm-hmm. and they basically just threw a, a roller chassis on it so i've yeah. heard a lot of great things about them over the years and like i said i wanted those back in the day but I was happy when my dad got me a brand new pair of mission skates. <laughs> I think those were one of like the first hockey boot rollerblades, you know, because it was like right after admission, you know, and all the other companies started basically taking a hockey boot and taking the toque off and putting the chassis on there. But the, yeah, I, I think that was one of the first ones. And the other thing I liked in, in the ice skate had the same thing is the uh, plastic toe cap. Cause back then on, mm-hmm skates was the plastic toe cap with kind of the uh fabric glued on top of it and the, you could always tell the guys that were blocking a lot of shots because it was all torn up in fact one of <laughs> one of my uh old teammates his dad was a ref and he was telling the story of when he met mrs hutchinson he used to have all of these bottles of clear nail polish on a shelf and she's like do you have something to tell me and he was like no, that's for my skates. The clear nail polish he would put on his the toe of his boot, his skate boot. And because they used to have like a tough, you know, it was like a black, almost like paint you could put on there. He's like, that stuff is so expensive, but the price of clear nail polish is pennies compared to that stuff. And so he would just, every couple of skates, put some new clear nail polish on his skates. But he's like, yeah. It's like our first date or two and she comes over and sees all this nail polish on the shelf and is like, you have something to tell me? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's for my skates, I swear. Um, oh. <laughs> I was like, that, that is a pretty clever hack at the time. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like my, um, speaking of clear nail polish, I remember uh, when me and my wife started dating, she saw uh, my baseball bag and she was trying to figure out why I had white out in my orange <laughs> nail polish. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, on the occasion we have night games, you know, the pitchers could see it better. And she just kind of looked at me like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, my wife kind of looked at me a little bit sideways the one time when she saw my bag and I used to have the leopard print Brian's goalie cup. And she's like, <laughs> really? And like, I will say when I went to buy it, I was in high school and I bought it. When I bought it, it was somewhat intentional because I'm like, that's kind of funny because I was a fan of the movie Bull Durham. I always threatened my teammates (laughs) that I was going to swap out my garter belt for a lacy one. Um, (laughs) But uh, when I went, the pro shop only had the Brian's goalie cups and they only had two of them. One was Mm -hmm. the leopard print. The other was the target. Mm -hmm. I had issues with the target there. 
<coughs> excuse me. And so I, I went with the leper for a I'm that ugly sneezer who, when I sneeze, I got like 15 more that come out. So I apologize. Yeah, but I got that man. one and my teammates, I walked in, they're like, really? This is what you... uh, they're like, really, this, this is what you picked up. This is what you're going to wear. It's like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> The best part, though, is I remember my sister, I, I wasn't driving yet, so my sister took me to get it because she was two years older than me, and we're driving home when the car breaks down. So we have to call for a tow truck, and luckily, the, the company that came out, my friend's parents towed it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and But it wasn't my friend's dad that picked us up, and here we are. I've got... The pro shop, their bags were just clear. So here I am sitting with this clear bag with this leopard print cup in the cab of the tow truck as he brings us home. I'm like, oh, and my sister is just like beat red. She's like, you could have left it. It's like, no, I couldn't have left it in the car because we got practice tonight. I need it. Like, clearly the car is not coming home tonight. And it was just so funny. But then I go to practice and I pull that thing out. And they're like, oh, my God. Like when I went to college and come up, you know, in the locker room with that and half the guys thought it was hilarious. The other half were like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> well, I got, I got one for you because I had the same exact cup. So I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I used to joke around in, uh, you know, I would throw it over my, uh, my girdle or my pants, my hockey pants. And, uh, you know, do it that way and just show off during practice and people would be yeah. like, I'm crazy. And, but then I would also take it out to baseball practice and, you know, baseball players. I would wear just that and, you know, my shin guards and chest protector and people would look at me like I was crazy. So <laughs> I, I know exactly what, uh, what yeah. you're talking about because I had the same exact one. Yeah. And Bob, or Brian's recently re-released re it for a limited time I was tempted to buy buy it because I love that cup. It was a great cup, great mobility and everything else. So now I got a Vaughn V7 and I like it except it's got like these wings that get in the way of movement. And I was like, maybe I'll buy that Bryant's. I like that one. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, if I'd have known that, I would have jumped all over that because I wear uh, the current cup that I wear now I got when I was doing a uh, umpiring for baseball and it's called a nutty buddy okay well, the, the creator of it was on that show sports science and he stands in front of a pitching machine doing 90 miles an hour about five feet away from it and you see the baseball hit him and he just stands there and took it like a champ and i was like i need one of those yeah <laughs> so i've been using it for baseball for umpiring for hockey like that thing's great but yeah i think i definitely need to upgrade to the goalie cup once i get back you know put the pads back on well, the goalie cup is, uh, at least if you buy the, the, the good ones, they're double cups. There's actually two of them in there. Uh, and depending yeah. on the one you buy, there are, you know, it's made with carbon. And it, it's funny when I tell people, it's like, yeah, double cup. And, you know, if you've listened to Ingoa at all, some of the pros will actually put another one on top of it, like a baseball style cup on there too. So they've got triple protection, uh, which I, I get it, but uh, I, I don't know if another one down there would uh, 
inhibit my mobility or what? Well, if you get a chance, look into the Nutty Buddy and just research it. It's yeah, it's actually an interesting cup, and that's the only one I wear for everything. <laughs> so you're you're playing high school hockey as a goalie. You know, when, when high school's over, were you like a lot of guys that just kind of hung up the pads for a while, or, or uh, did did you make your way to the beer leagues right away? No, actually, what I did is um. I, I wanted to go play college baseball. Um, realized I didn't really have the grades to do that. But I also I also felt this deep connection to serving my country. Yeah. So I graduated high school. Um, actually, the funny thing is, is I left for Navy boot camp 13 days before my high school graduation. <laughs> so I had enough, you know, I had grades to graduate and enough credits to graduate. And my recruiter called me up and he goes, I got good news and bad news. I go, what's that? He goes, well, you don't have to go to Great Lakes in the middle of uh, uh, December. I go, okay, what's the bad news? He goes, you leave in three days. Um, I graduate in two weeks. He goes, I talked to your counselor. He goes, you're good to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went you know, to the military and I went to the Navy. And while I was in the Navy, I played uh, hockey for about another year and a half. But just being in the military, I didn't really have time to right. you know, go go play anymore. So I ended up putting up the pads and uh, took 19 years off before I got back onto the ice. Like played baseball, you know, in between, and you know, a little bit of softball here and there. But and, and that's finally, easy to do it on the you know Navy bases because I mean, they could, Yogi Berra played at some baseball at uh, Great Lakes when he was in the mm-hmm. service, even. Um, but it's, it's easy to do on base because most bases have a field for one um, and find a few guys, throw, play some sandlot. It's easy to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to find uh, guys that play hockey in, you know, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So y- you go to Great Lakes and lucky for you, you didn't have to do it in the, during a Chicago winter. But uh, wh- where did they send you after Great Lakes? And I asked because my nephew went uh, through boot camp there uh, mid to late summer. And now he's out in Virginia on the USS uh, Gerald Ford. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I went to boot camp June 3rd, 2001. Um, so, oh, I grad- <laughs> so a lot of people, it's like, oh, you joined because 9-11. Technically, I joined it before. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I graduate boot camp. And they uh, they look at me and they're like, oh, well, you know, good news, bad news. I'm like, well, what? They're like, you're grad and go. So graduation and go. They literally, we graduate, slapped us on a bus, and then they shipped me right across the street because boot camp and by, uh, as the Navy calls it, RA school, our yep. tech school, is right across the street. So I went across the street and started my A school there. Halfway through that, 9-11 happens. Well, all of a sudden you had a, for the navy a captain come in and he's like hey you know we're going to open up this job rating we want to know if there's anyone that volunteers so me and a guy went to well i was going to be a gunner's mate okay i was going to ask what was your a school job yeah yeah i was gonna i was going to a school to be a gunner's mate and me and my buddy in boot camp we realized that's not the job we really wanted so they said hey we're going to open up the master at arms rating which is military police you know, we're going to send you uh they told us they were going to send us to Corpus Christi, Texas. So we're like, yeah, let's go. We're like, we didn't want to do this. So 
we end up going onto the bus and then they take us to the airport and they're like, oh, you two are going to Virginia. So we went to, uh, it's a little base called um, Little Creek, Virginia. It's just outside of Norfolk. Mm-hmm. So I go through Master at Arms A School, um, graduate that, and then they send me out to San Diego. So I do a little bit more training there. And then I end up joining what they call as a special response team, which is like a SWAT team, kind of. And end up going and uh, doing my first uh, tour of duty in Sudebeg, uh, Crete, which is on the uh, Greek island of Greece. Yeah. So, so that was a lot of fun. So I ended up doing my first duty station was 13 months in uh, the little Greek island of Suda Bay. <laughs> yeah, there, there's worse places to be stationed during that time. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so unclear of what my nephew's A school is right now. He said he want originally he was going to be a fireman coming out. He really liked that part of it. And then he was told he was going to do flight mechanic, but he wants to be on the flight deck. So he's trying to get that change. But for now, he's out on the Gerald Ford learning the ropes to be a flight mechanic. I'm like, okay. dude, that, that's actually a, pr- that's a pretty good thing to learn right now because I had a buddy from high school. He went into the Air Force and became a flight mechanic, was working on B-52s. And now he lives down in Texas and... He's a flight mechanic uh, in the private sector now. He's like, it's a pretty, pretty darn good gig if you can get it, you know. Um, so, I'm, But my, my nephew drove his car out to Virginia. Uh, and then he liked the parking lot that was right by the ocean. So he parked his car there <laughs> and came out the next morning and his car was covered in ice because he's like, I will be parking a little further away from the barracks and walking to the car from now on. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't heard from him in a while, but I know he's doing all right. Um, That's good. <laughs> so you're in the Navy, you're an MP. Um, I won't hold that against you because my dad was a fireman and, you know, you, you, you kind of went the law enforcement route because of uh, the, the military, not, not because you couldn't pass the fire exam. So that's all right. Um, so at some point you, you get out of the Navy and you're like, you know what? I missed the ice. W- what brought you back to hockey? Um, it's actually the organization that I play for now. It's, um, we're called Patriots Hockey. Mm-hmm. We're a 501c3, uh, or the charitable organization based out of San Diego that was established in 2011. Um, I had tickets to an Ontario rain game, which is, uh, the Kings AHL affiliate. And they played a charity game before the game. So I ended up going to that game, watching it, and realized that it's a team full of veterans playing hockey. It's like, that's perfect. And it took me a couple of years to piece together some gear so I can actually get back on the ice. But once I finally had my gear, that's what officially got me back on the ice. I joined the Patriots and have been playing with them for about two and a half years now. So I know like some of the, the Minnesota Warriors – that's a team, all vets. In fact, they got three or four teams here in Minnesota, but it's not your typical beer league team. Like they have practice, they have sponsors. So, you know, some of their sponsors actually provide equipment. You know, is the Patriots more, uh, you know, get got it, the boys together, skate, or is it as organized as like the Warriors out here, where it's like it, it's a little more, a uh, little more structure to it. 
Yes and no. Um, where we have the structure, I mean, obviously we're a bunch of military, you know, yeah, idiots that decided to come back together and play hockey. So we do have that structure, but we're still, even though we were established in 2011, our charity side got established in, I believe, 2015 or 16. So we're still kind of in the early stages of developing the program. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're nowhere near the Warriors because I play once a week and once a week only. I don't practice. My team yeah. doesn't practice. We should, but we don't. But we're um, now now that the charity is starting to pick up a little bit more, we don't consider ourselves a beer league team, but we yeah. really are. Um, now we're just an adult hockey team, you know, yep. for the charitable reasons. But by every aspect and definition of it, we are a beer league team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was one of my teammates. Um, he was an Iraq vet, and he really brought the locker room down the one day where we're all talking about our uh, concussions. He's like, yeah, when I got mine, I woke up three days later in Germany, and we're like, gee, way to bring the locker room down. You know, so <laughs> uh, He's like, yeah, but apparently if you get a Purple Heart or something, you don't have to pay taxes after that. I don't know, but he's like, yeah, I don't have to pay federal taxes anymore, so I got that going for me. And we're like, okay, cool. Um, but he was playing on that Warrior team, but like I said, they, they have practice once a week, and they have their games, they have out-of-state tournaments and everything. He's like, it was too much of a commitment for him that he was like, no, this once a week with you guys – this works a little bit better. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I agree. I like it. Um, but no, and I, I've talked to other vets and, you know, I, I had uh, Jen Leon from the mm -hmm. uh, Olympic Paralympic team and, you know, he got into sled hockey because of the military yeah. after an injury. And, yeah. you know, it, it, as many say, the closest thing to, you know, that camaraderie is the locker room. So I, I got to imagine that that's what you guys love most about it is just being able to get together and pick on each other oh absolutely and we have every aspect well most aspects of the military in our locker room we have uh air force marines obviously navy we have army guys we constantly bash each other we constantly knock yeah. each other down but you know even you know once we get out on the ice we're you know we're brothers we're family we're yep. warriors again and, you know, then once the game's over, we go back into the locker room, just start bashing each other again. And yep. um, my, like my team personally, because I'm the, the captain of our LA <coughs> chapter, which is funny because I'm an hour away from LA, but I take over the LA team. Um, you never know if we win or lose. Because a lot of the times, even if we lose, we're in the parking lot, we're, you know, having a couple of drinks, we're hanging out, we're laughing, we're joking. Like people come up to us like, oh, did you guys win today? I'm like, no, no, we lost 13 to three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, yeah, that's... That is, I think, especially as we get older, you know, the competitive side of the game goes away. It's it's just, and I've said this before, hockey is our therapy. Mm -hmm. um, whether it be, you know, getting out there, getting the exercise and there's that, clarity we all all hockey players have when you step on the ice where like i've got some add and once i step on that ice it's like it all clears up it goes away i got one thing to focus on but then after the game just being able to get away from the stresses of work or life whatever's going on it's like yeah this is good i mean remember after you know those first skates after my mom passed away is like it's just nice to get into the locker room and have somebody just be mean to me again, <laughs> you know? Um, in fact, that was one of the things 
there, there's a friend of my parents on the island where they live where she tries to say it. She's, you know, uh, my adopted sister. I'm like, no, I don't have one. Um, but you're, you're a nice person, good friend. Great. Um, but I, I, she's the kind of person that I can pick on. And the day my mom passed, we're at my dad's house and we're going back and forth, you know, just saying things. And she was getting ready to like, give me another dig. And her husband's there, her brother and sister-in-law are there. And I just turned to her and I go, you need to be nice to me. My mom died today. And she just, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Just kind of like slowly walked behind her husband and everybody just starts laughing. And even her brother's like, somebody finally shut her up. And like, I talked to her after it was like, I knew I could pull that on you at that moment. And you'd be okay with it. It's like anybody else, they would have like taken it to heart. But you, and she's like, I knew that card was coming. I didn't think you were going to play it that soon. She's like, that was, that was perfect. So like the rest of the time I was out there, it's like, you need to be nice to me. And she's like, I know. <laughs> but it's like, that's great. You know, getting back to the locker room is like, that's what, what you need. You know, it's almost like you need somebody to knock you down a peg and remind you like, Hey, you know, yeah, life sucks, but we're still here. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Well, I mean, because, I mean, it's probably similar with, you know, you unfortunately losing your mom and, you know, like guys like us with the Patriots, because that's what we are. We're an alternative form of therapy. Mm-hmm. So that's what the locker room is, is that that locker room's there for guys to decompress their week to, you know, forget, you know, what issues that they might be going through. And then once you step on the ice, like stepping on the ice is the way to clear your head because now you're focused on the game and not worried about what's happening outside of that ring. Yeah, and the same thing. You come back into the locker room, you have a little bit of therapy, you know, you bash each other for the guy that tripped over the blue line or, you know, decided to, you know, get hung up on a face-off dot or something. And <laughs> then all of a sudden, you know, you go back to life. But, you know, it gives you, you know, anywhere from, what, an hour and a half or a couple of guys on my team, it gives you about an hour and 15 minutes to decompress. And, you know, some of us that hang out, you know, for an hour to an hour, you know, before the game, an hour after the game, it gives us about three hours to decompress every week. So, you know, just I can definitely see getting back on the ice, you know, that it also clears your mind because you can have that focus of this is my task. This is what I have to focus on. Nothing else matters. So yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first skate after, well, I can't even say after, but during COVID, after being off the ice for a while, that was like 
it reminded me how much you know the soul needs it um yeah. you know it's like people are like you're getting kind of old you, you sure you want to keep playing it's like first of all i'm only 42 i'm not that old but yeah i want to keep playing like i'm gonna play i'm gonna keep playing goalie until the knees tell me no and then i'm gonna start playing forward uh you know i'm gonna play <laughs> until i literally can't anymore and you know it's it, it is what it is we just had a guy in a that plays against one of our San Diego teams, uh, his 80th birthday. I want to say he had his 80th birthday last year, and that was the day that he finally retired. 80 years old, still playing goalie. So, I mean, it's, still playing it's goalie. Fun. That's holy buckets. <laughs> like, I, I figure it's, if I can get to 60 playing goalie, I'll be happy. Um, but 80, wow. Yeah, he yeah he finally retired from you know beer league hockey at 80 years old. And he was still playing goalie. Like I. I commend that man so much because I'm hoping I can strap the pads back on and make it to 50 at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we do here at the super rank. There is a 60 and over league. I'm like, hmm, if I'm still in the state at that point, maybe. Um, but there was the great story of Mr. Serdich from Duluth. He played until the week he died and he was like 92, 93 years old. And he had this great handlebar mustache and just he's skating two, three times a week. And I mean, he, he wasn't bad either for when you th think of how old he was, you know, he, he could hold his own out there, but it was just, you know, in one of the news stories they're like, you know, how are you able to do it? And he said, just going out there, it keeps me young. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have, um, I want to say on my team, we have anywhere from, I think our youngest player is 28 and our, oldest player i don't know his exact age but i want to say he's in his 60s so i mean even just on our team we have a good mixture of you know young and old yeah yeah it's i wish we had more young guys on my team we, we got a few more this <laughs> session and it it helps um it, it's funny as, as we all get older the the scores get a little wider at times <laughs> uh but we, we got a few few younger guys on on the team this session and, and that that's helped <laughs> i get it but i can tell you right now skating out highly overrated <laughs> what happened there i don't know what happened there um one of us rose <laughs> but uh you know and, and that's been fun but uh i was in the car driving from carolina beach to raleigh uh what was it two weeks ago and i get a uh, DM from you going, hey, can you get take a picture of me? I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? And then you said, <laughs> you know, you're going to be out at Carter Finley for the stadium series with the flag and didn't know if Navy Federal is going to get any of you guys. It's like, well, we're sitting up in the upper deck, but yeah, I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> and uh, thank God you told me what number you were wearing because then I, I literally <laughs> had the seven other people I was sitting with like, look for number 42 and and uh somebody saw you so they're like he's on the end he's on the end it's like okay um and uh for my, for my efforts you're like i owe you a beer and uh, you know i looked at my dad i was like i'm not gonna turn down a free beer that'd be silly especially at the prices here today um <laughs> but uh come out to california you that beer is cheap <laughs> yeah um but first of all how how did uh, you guys get approached by you know, Navy federal credit to come out and be a part of the stadium series game. 
Um, our vice president actually applied for the Navy Federal Showcase or Veteran Showcase. Um, so what that happened is, is every year with the stadium series, they take four veteran-based teams and they have a little showcase, let them go play a couple of games, and then they get to come out and experience all the stuff for the stadium series. And I want to say it was 137 teams that applied. We were lucky enough to to get the slot this year. So that's how we were able to go out there and I'm not entirely certain why I was picked to go uh, represent our team, but I was really happy to be selected and be a part of that because it was just an unbelievable experience, especially when you're you know down on ice level, you know right outside of the rink, you got sixty thousand fans just going berserk and yeah, the fly out being like directly under the flyover was just cool. Like it's it was an experience that I couldn't believe, you know I I had. But yeah, our like I said, our vice president, you know, applied to be in it. We got selected. So um, Friday, because we flew in Thursday. Friday we had two games at. Um, oh, I can't think of the the rink we were at, but it was um it wasn't the the Hurricanes training facility, but it was a Hurricanes sponsored rink. So you okay. know, there's Canes logos everywhere. So. Yeah, we went out and played two games against uh, two other veteran teams and then, you know, took a bunch of pictures. And yeah, it was just, it was really cool. So being part of the Navy Federal Veteran Showcase is what actually got me into the stadium series. Nice. So were, were you able to partake in any of the uh, tailgating uh, before the game? Uh, very little. Um, it, it was... It was chaos beforehand. Um, What ended up happening is we had to leave our hotel early because they shuttled us over on bus. And they're like, well, we have to leave early because the traffic is just insane. Like they're like, we're looking at the GPS and there's a different shade of red we've never seen. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we we finally got in there. We, I want to say we got to the parking lot probably about 4.45, about five o'clock. And then Navy Federal basically ran us over to the Fan Fest, ran us through the Fan Fest real quick, and then ran us back to the stadium and then took us inside. And that's when it uh, took us downstairs by the locker rooms. And yep. we had to you know, strap on our skates and stand in the, the tunnel waiting to bring out the flag. So we got a very little taste of the tailgate. But just watching that, it, it actually reminded me of a, a Louisiana State football tailgate. Like, it was just crazy. I've, I never knew hockey fans could tailgate like that. Yeah, so we we got there early, you know, like I said, we so my son and I we flew in Friday night. We flew from Minneapolis to Wilmington cuz Wilmington is uh right by my dad and it was funny because we were clearly the last flight of the day into Wilmington cuz we weren't even off the <laughs> runway before they turned the lights to the runway off. <laughs> and like I'm looking around going, do we need to lock up the airport when we leave? What what's going on? Um so we got in at like 1130 and because originally the idea was, well, we'll fly into Raleigh Saturday and, you know, go from there. But then when I was looking at flights, the only way to get there on time would be to take a 6 a.m. flight, which would have had us up at 430. And I was like, that's a long day. So oh, yeah. I took Friday off. My son, for whatever reason, had Friday off. 
the school. So it's like perfect because we both had Monday off because of President's Day. So we flew in, got in 1130, got a good night's sleep, woke up around 830, dad had to do something. So then then we uh, got some breakfast and uh, got in the car and we drove up to Raleigh and we were there by noon. And at that, I was like, let's head over to the Fan Fest because he wanted to get his picture with the Stanley Cup. You know, I'd had the picture with the cup by myself, had it with the kids. My mom had a picture with it with uh, Chris Chelios. And he's like, I've never had my picture with the cup. I was like, well, let's get you your picture with the cup, Dad. Um, so it's like, let's get there early, though, because that line will get ridiculous. So we got there right before the cup. And so we waited maybe 25, 30 minutes to get our picture with the cup. It was actually pretty seamless. And then we walked around the rest of the fan fest, which was a little underwhelmed, to be honest, having been to the Let's Play Hockey Expo here in Minnesota every year during the state hockey tournament. So I'm like, eh, this was a little bit of a letdown, but hey, so I, I wish after we had seen the cup, we would have went back to the car and done some tailgating. And, yeah. and that 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 was a uh, uh, an adventure too, because I didn't get the emails that parking in the lots right there was prepaid. So we wound up in one of the lines and our, so our friend young, he told us, um, he wound up getting the tickets. Apparently if you were a cane season ticket holder, you could only buy a maximum of four tickets. But if you were a North Carolina state football season ticket holder, like our friend young has been for the past 20 plus years, you could get eight tickets. That's how we got ours was through him. So it was, uh, him, his wife, two of his other friends, me, my dad, my son, and uh, another friend of, from the island, Nate. Um, so that's how he got it. So they're at Buffalo Wild Wings. They were staying at a different hotel. So we check in. They they couldn't check in until 4. So they're like, we're not heading over until after that because we want to check in. Well, we were able to check in right away at like noon. So we're like, all right. Hotel was maybe 10 minutes from the stadium. So we... We get over there, we're trying to figure our way in, and we're almost to the point to turn into a uh, lot. And Young's like, yeah, did, did you prepay for parking? It's like, no, I didn't see any links. And he's like, oh, well, then you're going to have to probably park elsewhere because those lots are only for prepay. It's like, crap. So I looked on the map and prepay parking said the state fairgrounds, which was like across the street. So my dad okay. quick went to go over there, and he's like, prepay. They're like, this is prepay only. He's like, well, where do I go if I hadn't prepaid? They're like, get in this line here. So we got in the line. And if you remember coming into Carter Finley, there's like a uh, training facility right next mm-hmm. to, there's a couple lots right there. And that, that's where we were yeah. turning in. And uh, we were just following the line that the guy told us to. Nobody ever asked for money. Nobody ever asked to see if we were prepaid or anything. Apparently we were in one of the prepaid lots. I'm like the best one to be in. And I was like, okay. So I, it was great. So we left the coats in the car while we did the fan fest. And then again, before we went into the stadium and, um, but when I went back to the car, it was like just people everywhere with, you know, their barbecues going food, beverages. And it, and it wasn't just like the crazy college, like, you know, getting drunk tailgate it was i would say family friendly um oh, yeah, tailgating, which was so you know part of me is like ah, i got i wish we would have spent some time you know experiencing the tailgate uh because I've, yeah. I've tailgated before it's fun but it's like that would have made the experience pretty cool but uh um i did pre 
pay or yeah, like prepaid for merchandise. I got a CH t-shirt and a hockey puck. Um, and so they're like, you got to go to gate six to pick it up. And I got the email that it was ready. So I was like, all right, well, let's run and pick that up so I can drop it off at the car before we go into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out if you prepaid for your merchandise, you had to wait until you got into the stadium. So we're like, yeah. okay, so we just kind of waited for like an hour to get into the stadium before the gates open. My dad's like, well, do, do you want to walk around or something? It's like, there's like three people in line right now. It's like, we can stay here. Otherwise, you know, some of the other gates were already lining up already. And I was like, yeah. let's just stay here. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait an hour to get in once they open the gates. It's like, yeah, good point. So then, then we got in, we got our merchandise, we got our food right away. I think I spent like 80 bucks on three hot dogs, a beer, and three cookies, which the cookies, that was the best deal of the day. It was $12. It was like $12 for a cookie. Jesus, but I really want a cookie. It was like this big. It came like in a pizza box. Um, the size of a dinner plate. Yeah, and they were good too. And so, like all three of us, are like, all right, well, that that was actually money well spent. Um, but we got that. We got our seat, and God, what a great venue um, yeah. for hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been to a little bit of hockey in my day. I've been to uh, an AHL game seven game. I've been to you know high school hockey um, state, not the state championship game, but the semifinal game. And, and my son was like, this is probably like the coolest atmosphere for a game, you know, just walking around, you got kind of that college football feel and that was cool. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was definitely a different experience, a different atmosphere, just being outside. Yeah. Like a, you think about it even what, 10 years ago. Yeah. No one would have ever thought about having a hockey game outside. Yeah. Alone outside in and, North Carolina. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, even what was it 14 15 when the ducks and the kings had the stadium series game at dodger yeah. stadium yeah yep <laughs> yeah well like, it, it, yeah go on oh i was just gonna say it's like you just you would never think especially southern california los angeles you know you're gonna have a hockey game outside in a baseball stadium <laughs> yeah well it's funny because the people were sitting around they were talking about they're like oh it's got to be tough to keep the ice it's like the weather they had the day of the game now leading up, you know, you see some of the photos from the uh, influencer skate and everything else. And it was just a uh, swimming pool, but it was like, it's actually better conditions out here than it is next door for a regular game. Cause when they turn those TV lights on oh, that yeah. ice gets hot, you know, they, they yeah. had the perfect weather, you know, what was it? Mid fifties at game time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I have my jacket on simply because I brought it with, but I, I would have been fine and just, you know, my uh, sweater that I was, I just wear my old Hawk sweater, and it's an actual sweater from, 19, you know, 1947 replica. Uh, I would have been fine with that. My dad was wearing shorts, for Christ's sakes. Um, but it's funny because I, I pack a bunch of uh, hand warmers uh, for my North Carolina friends, and they're, they were even like, I don't even need gloves. Um but right after we met up, I went to find my son who was using the bathroom and there's this lady just standing there, big parka, big winter hat, mittens. And she, she wasn't wearing a COVID mask, but like the winter uh-huh. mask kind of thing, um, the gator mask. And I looked yeah. at her and I was like, do you want some hand warmers? And she's like, 
really? I was like, Jesus, you must be from like Florida or something to think this is cold weather and want hand warmers. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but she was clearly not made for the cold. <laughs> well, even me being a, you know, Southern California, yeah. 72 degrees sunshine boy, like I was fine because I had, um, I think I was wearing, I had thermals on under my, yeah, uh, you layered uh, up. Yeah. Like I, like I had my thermals on underneath my, um, my athletic pants. And then I had a hoodie and a hockey jersey and yeah. a beanie. And I was honestly, I was fine. I didn't start getting cold until about that 10 minute mark in the third period. But yeah, the wind picked up just a little yeah. bit, a little bit of a breeze. <laughs> and everybody's like, Ooh, there's a little bit of a chill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same way. My son used to be a boy scout and they did winter camping, you know, uh, <laughs> in below zero weather. So we knew, you know, where that base layer, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had, yeah, I had the base layer and then I had a long sleeve t-shirt and then I had my sweater on and I was, I was sweating parts of the day, but I'm like, no, I, I need this for when the sun goes down. Cause I knew once the sun goes on, that's when, when it mattered. And yeah. It, it was great. And then when, at least in our section, when some of the Capitals fans started leaving early, they started singing, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye <laughs> to them. And, the first guy that got up to leave, like he played it off. He was smiling and like bowing and everything else. And pretty much every other Caps fan was um, taking it in good humor. And then there was the one guy who was like flipping everybody off. And, you know, it was like, come on, dude. Like everybody's having fun. Everybody before you that left, like they knew what it was. It was just a good time. But there, there's always that one. Um, no, we, yeah, we had one guy in our section on the other side, you know, the, the Caps finally scored that goal. And yeah. Throw, he throws his popcorn up in the air and then what he has left in it, he dumps on a, a Kings fan in front of him and uh, they start, yeah, they start yelling at each other and you could tell the guy that threw the popcorn was a little bit younger and a little bit more aggressive and the older Kings fan was, he was pretty, he was a couple sheets to the wind with the beer and a couple of the veterans we were with because they had all four teams mixed together on either side. So like one of the guys, he goes, you're not going to do this. You know, you realize that you've got about 30 veterans over here. That's going to stop this fight. So you guys might as well just stop now. And they kind of just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like in the beer leagues when somebody starts doing that and, you know, somebody inevitably says, fellas, we got to work in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our whole thing is, is like, we we get into you know chirping matches on the ice and someone looks like you realize we're a team full of veterans yeah. we're angry we're tired and we're drunk you really want to fight <laughs> right yeah it, exactly it's like come on guys like it, it fighting hurts yeah. uh and it hurts in the morning like it's it's not worth it um yeah, like, it, su such a great atmosphere i just when Ripken, the bat dog from the durham bulls came out like my son he's a baseball fan so he was like this is cool and, and I looked at my friends around me because they're all from North Carolina. And I knew it would get to them. And I looked at them and I go, this is the best celebrity you guys could find for this game. <laughs> and like our friend Wendy, she turns around. She's like, you don't understand. Like Ripken is a big deal down here. It's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, Ripken is still a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, it was cool, you know, <laughs> being a baseball fan. I get like, it's, it's a cool deal. And the fact that, you know, the uh, players were, even shaking his hand and they had the video, you know, going out for the practice the day before where they're all giving him fist bumps. But it's like, 
Russell Wilson did spend a little bit of time at NC State. You couldn't even convince him to come back for the day or something, you know. <laughs> right. There, there, there's some NC State folks. Heck, even bring out Jim Valvano's family. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, there, there were options other than the bat dog. Well, the, the funny thing is with uh, Ripken, I had no idea who Ripken was. Yeah. So we're da- we're down uh, below the stadium. We're putting on our skates. We're getting ready to, you know, to to get, do the flag and everything. And I've I've got my soakers on my blades because you know we're half of us are on concrete and half of us yeah. are on carpet and all of a sudden i just look over and there's this dog sitting there with a canes jersey and a puck in his mouth so i'm a dog person so i walk over and say, hey can i pet him started talking to him you know took us uh, i'll have to send you the pictures but i took a couple of selfies with the dog like you know <laughs> holding my hand and he's got the puck in his mouth i had no idea who the dog was like yeah. my wife told me after i got back to the hotel like oh you had this dog and I go, oh that was that dog like i had no idea who the dog was i was like oh dog i'm gonna go play with the dog <laughs> yeah exactly we're goalies we're we're easily distracted and a dog is one of those things that will distract us oh uh, yeah <laughs> like i thought he was the the canes you know team pet like i had no idea he was you know the famous yeah. rip in the bad dog because <laughs> so many teams have their you know dog for the season that mm-hmm. then gets adopted but yeah it's like this is the best you could now the flyover was cool because it was night so you weren't really going to be able to see the airplanes it looked like they were like world war ii era trainers i wasn't positive but the fact that they had that like cool little uh spark coming out of them was was kind of cool oh yeah like the the little uh like the, the sparklers the, the yeah ones you hold up at fourth yeah the, i thought that was real cool because they I did the same thing. Like they were like, "Oh, well, the flyover is going to come by." I was like, "This game's at night." Yeah. Like, what's the What's the point of the flyover? But yeah, the way they did it, they were definitely older planes. I couldn't quite tell what they were, but just the yeah. way that they did it, I thought was really cool. Yeah, it was hard to see because of the sparklers. Uh, that's the best way to explain it. But they they looked like they were old, like over T one trainers or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah they, it, it was being well one, being. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the, the whole production was just really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Because being on the ice and having the planes fly directly over me, I kind of saw a silhouette, but they were definitely older planes. They had a couple of different models. Like, I almost want to say they might have had a Corsair. They might have had a P 51. Yeah. It was definitely something within that era that, you know, they brought out. So it was really cool. Yeah. It was probably something from one of the local air museums that they could get to fly over for the day. Uh, but th- the whole thing, it was just so well done. Great venue. The only thing that they was traffic. Um, yeah. yeah. Which from what I heard is PNC arena kind of took over the traffic and even the parking lot stuff. When mm-hmm. NC state was like, we do this every weekend. Like we've got it down <laughs> to a science and they're like, no, no, we'll do it. And it was like, it turned that turned out to be the issue. Cause we got back to the car at eleven thirty, and we didn't get out of the parking lot until almost one thirty. Okay, we we did a little bit better than you because yeah. I got I got back to the bus probably within fifteen minutes of the game being over, and then I think I was back at the hotel twelve thirty, maybe one o'clock. So did a little bit better than you guys, but yeah, the traffic was crazy. Yeah, well, and what we later found out was when we got to the car, everybody was turning left to kind of go back the way we came in. And then some people, because those lines were getting long down the aisles, decided, well, I'm going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. And 
like as soon as one person went that way, everybody went that way. Well, they somebody opened a gate, oh. and that gate to get out, your only real option was to turn left. Well, everybody wanted to turn or to turn right. Everybody wanted to turn left. Mm. Well, there was yes. nobody there to stop. So it was like literally playing frog or waiting for your chance. <laughs> well, that wasn't going to happen. And so finally, you know, everybody had gotten out of our way going right that we went left. And as soon as we were able to do that, like within five minutes, we out because we stopped right there. You had cops doing traffic control. And once you were able to get to the, you know, exit of the parking lot, then it was pretty, you know, pretty good. They had traffic control down pretty well in that regard. Whereas like, no, every, every, uh, um, lane is just going this way. There's no two lanes. It's all one way. And, you know, thank God I had GPS up to get back to the hotel for my dad because they sent us like two, three blocks the other way just to get everybody out and about. And once we were there, it was like, boom, we're, we're good. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Joe. I got, I got to put my dog away real quick, but we can con- definitely continue the conversation. No, no worries. <laughs> so we, we've been talking a while. So you know what's coming. And you uh, want to be mindful of time, so I got to get the questions. In. No, not, not with you. I, I, I could really care less about your time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, the first question is, you know, what's your craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Um, craziest coaching moment is actually playing club hockey. Um, I had my uh, – <laughs> I was in the car with my coach because he would always have to take me to practice. And mm-hmm. he – it was early in the morning, you know, we were doing our thing and he had a big old sip of his coffee. Well, right after he took the sip of his coffee, he slams down some uh, mouthwash. Well, he doesn't pay attention to what was going on. So he goes to spit the mouthwash out of the truck, but doesn't realize that the window is still up. <laughs> so of 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 course it's me and his son in the truck with him and we both just start dying of laughter well this irritates him more and more so we get to practice and he decides he wants to start taking it out on me because i'm a net so he just starts yeah. cranking these slap shots as hard as he can at me and then, well he's on his tennis shoes while he's trying to do this tennis shoes and ice don't mix very well so he ends up slipping and falling and landing on his back and of course the entire team starts laughing at him well all of a sudden he gets up throws the stick at me it goes over my head out of the rink and then he grabs another stick winds up to take a shot actually connected with a shot perfectly ends up hitting the crossbar comes off of the crossbar somehow it bounces off the ice and hits him right in the crotch. <laughs> and everybody just dies of laughter. And he slowly just crawls off the ice and, and like goes into the uh, the, par- or the parking lot, gets in his car and leaves and just left us at practice. <laughs> he was not having a day. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And then like we're like me and his son are just kind of looking at each other like, how are we getting home? Yeah. <laughs> but Looking back at it, you can't blame him for just leaving. It was the best thing no. for him to do that in that moment. Oh no! Like I, I definitely look back at nowadays, and I just like I laugh, and I totally understand. Like I get it. I, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. No, that that is funny. Um, so, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? 
Now, this is a fun one because every time that you ask this question, when I listen to the podcast, for some reason, I don't know why it comes to mind, but the Jonas Hiller, Anaheim Ducks, matte black with the gold cage. I don't know what it was about that mask, but the simplicity of it just it yeah. always comes to mind when you ask that question. And it's not like that iconic mask. It's not a Belfort. It's not a Cujo. It's not a Brodor. Um, but there is just something about that mask that I just absolutely loved. He had some really nice, very simple masks. And I, I think the one that was like black, but it had like um, Anaheim written across the forehead. But it, it that was like in a gloss. So it was like mm-hmm. just enough. And it was like, he, yeah, he had some nice ones. Uh for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the funny thing is the controversial take from growing up, I couldn't stand Burdur's mask. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was so basic that I just, I couldn't stand it. Nowadays, I absolutely love his mask. I love the simplicity of it, just how it had that, that New Jersey Devils logo on the front. You know, it was that iconic mask that he had for what, 20, 21 years? Yeah. I, I wish like, he would have included the N in the jersey logo, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there was. I, I was always a clown about it, yeah. trying to be a little PG. But like, I, I always wanted him to put like just like foam horns on the top of the helmet, just to just to kind of be a jokester about it. But yeah, yeah. Now, now I look back at it, and I mean, I love the mask. The simplicity of it was great. But I remember growing up, I couldn't stand that mask. I was like, do something with that mask. Like you have Belfort and you have Cujo, even Van Beesbrook, the, the simplicity of Van Beesbrook's Panthers mask. Yeah. Like I, I always just thought it was the coolest thing, but yeah, every time you ask this question, I'm listening to the podcast. I don't know what it is. I just go to that Jonas Hiller mask. Just, I don't know. No, I think it's, it's, it's a good one. That's why. And, and it's funny you mentioned um, Van Beesbrook and the simplicity of his mask. Well, the original one that Don Strauss painted for him wasn't that simple. It was supposed to be real Panther like mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've seen the pictures of it. It's like, that is cool, but not simple. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember when he talked to Don Strauss on the episode and he kind of brought that up, I had to go research and look at it, but yeah, yeah the, the original mask, uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just something about it doesn't have the same. No, it doesn't scream Florida Panthers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, where there, there's, that's one of those masks when you think of, Panthers goalies it's like that's the mask like, yeah, that's the only mask I think of <laughs> yeah it's like any goalie that comes after him needs to have a version of and like Mark Fitzpatrick he had like a different take on that mm-hmm. look um it, it's it's the only way to go yeah um, but although even uh I was gonna say even had some nice exactly. ones yeah yeah Longo yeah he always had good ones here basic I mean Longo was never extremely flashy i think until like towards the end of his career well and i wouldn't say he was even extremely flashy then it was just we started to get his personality that we never saw beforehand yeah that, that's yeah that that's what i was looking for because <laughs> I, I couldn't stand him when he was with vancouver Rune park size a hawks fan but it was like late in his time in vancouver when we started to see his personality i'm like mm. i don't like this guy in the ice but i really like this <laughs> a personality I, for the game <laughs> I'll definitely not like a player for the team they play for, but I can oh. absolutely respect the game that they have. Yeah. I mean, that was me with Curtis Joseph when you played for the blues and Felix Potvin with the Maple. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I can't stand them, but I really respect the, and like the way they play. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? well, like with me, like I, 
I absolutely can't stand Jonathan Quick because he was yeah. the Kings goalie. Um, yeah. But I respect his game. And <laughs> I, th- I thought a couple of my friends were going to reach through my phone and kill me when the whole Quick debacle went about. Yeah. Because someone posted like, well, what's your favorite Jonathan Quick moment? And I said, when he got traded from the Kings and all my Kings friends lost their mind. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, they were going to kill me. <laughs> I forget who... I was talking to, and I think it was, they were thinking Patrick Kane. They're like, I would love to see Kane go to Toronto so that I could see mm-hmm. him play the Bruins in the playoffs. And I responded back. I said, well, that would have to be a first round series then. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, well played. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite rink that you've played at? Um, for me, being an Anaheim Ducks fan, uh, I got to play at the Pachanka Ice Arena in San Diego, which is the home of the San Diego Goals. Okay. I think it's just it's more so just the playing on my organization's ice that I loved playing so much. Plus, I got to do it with the Patriots. I got to you know wear the Patriots red, white, and blue, and you know do it. So that was definitely one of the favorite ones because I've. And the funny thing is, I've played it you know, as I call it the Staples Center or now Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, um, I've got to play that FTX.com arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to get us into, uh, as I call it, the Arrowhead Pond or yeah. the Honda Center. Because that's, as I joke around, like, look, you guys got to play on your Mecca at the Staples Center. Let me go to the Honda Center and play at my Mecca. Yeah. But yeah, the, um, even the other one I like playing is our little town up here towards Big Bear Blue Jay. It, you know, it's on the side of the mountain. You got to kind of see the the overlooking of Southern California. That was a lot of cool. Um, but back in the early 2000s, they had like a crazy snowfall and the, the roof ended up collapsing on it and they never uh, rebuilt it. I wish they would have rebuilt that one. That one was a fun one, but I would have to say that Pachanga Arena in San Diego is so far my favorite place to play. Yeah. So what is your favorite stick that you've used? Oh, <laughs> uh, I know it's a controversy to some people, but I gave you a little preview at the, yeah. the stadium series but that's why i kind of chuckled when i asked <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it was i think it might have been just that that first hockey stick that my dad bought me but it was the uh the old curtis curve yeah the, the curtis curve was the christian curtis curve was one my probably my most favorite stick i've ever played with and what were you so using that when you went on the ice oh yeah oh i I use that thing until the the carbon fiber shredded off of it. <laughs> so we all know how Christian sticks did on the ice. How did they do on the, uh, you know, playing roller hockey? How did they hold up? Um, they kind of held up about the same. Um, I mean, it wasn't too much different. Um, I just didn't have to always, you know, put it in the clamp and do the wood yeah. glue. And it wasn't getting I, I didn't have the, every day. Yeah, I didn't have to do the extras. Yeah, it, it's. I I wish they still made those sticks because they, they were great sticks. You know, I, I used them all the way through college. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I, there is a Christian hockey stick manufacturer again, but they're not the same. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, it's, sorry, it, I'm fighting with my dog. <laughs> Hey, I, I get it. We, we've got three of them here right now because my in-laws are on vacation, so we're dog-sitting, and yeah. I just have three in general, so I, I deal with that chaos every day. <laughs> but they're used to each other, so 
we got a petite golden doodle. They have a mini golden doodle. And usually when they're together, there's no problem. But now that my father-in-law is not here, like ours is feeling a little territorial. Like this is my mom. Oh, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of amusing at the same time. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, probably my favorite youth hockey memory was actually, I want to say it was my junior year in high school, um, playing club hockey. It was actually roller hockey. We, uh, ended up going to the championship game. Well, our high school club team, we had two, we had two different hockey teams on the varsity circuit. So doing that, I was actually on the, the secondary team, like the, the B team. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going to the championship. We won the championship. And then I was basically bragging that, hey, we're the only team that's actually won a championship. So I think that makes us the number one team. But yeah, actually winning that, you know, that that championship with my high school roller hockey team, it was it was probably one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I, I can see why. So <laughs> what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you, coming from you? Uh, other than my new favorite one which is the uh the good at dodgeball one that you're uh was your david the one i heard from you yeah Yeah. hutchins um (laughs) the one i still do nowadays that i used to do back in high school is you know every once in a while someone would you know kind of slip up and have a little fumble on the ice and i was like wow princess that looks really great you should go back and play some uh or go back to figure skating with your little sister you just see these guys get so mad that they want to start the fight, but you know, they're not sure if they should. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always like when, you know, especially in the beer leagues, when you get somebody with a good one and they just laugh, like <laughs> they, they know what it's all about. It's like, all right, you, you're, you're a good, uh, good opponent. Uh, so what's the worst post game beer? Uh, me personally, any beer is a, is a bad post game beer. I'm not a beer drinker. Um, I do drink, uh, hard ciders. So, you know, I'm, if I have the opportunity, I have a hard cider. Or Does your my, team bring umbrellas to put in your drink post game or what? Um, surprisingly, <laughs> no, <laughs> they, they don't really want to mess with the captain. So they, they just kind of leave me alone, but they also know I'm a bourbon drinker. So they give me the credit on that one at least. But, uh, I would definitely say the worst drink I ever had was when I was playing hockey in the Navy, uh, that first year. One of my uh, guys with me, it was in the the time of the protein shakes. So I don't know why he decided to have a protein shake after a hockey game, but I was in goal. I was a little dehydrated, so I was like, I need something. Let me have that. And I took the biggest swig of this chocolate protein drink mixed with tequila. Oh. I don't think in my experience of drinking in the Navy – I've ever thrown up that bad. <laughs> oh, that is bad. Oh, uh, just thinking about it today, just it still hurts. <laughs> although I have to say that storm brew you got me at that game, that was a tasty beer. Yeah, it's good to know. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to get you a good beer, not knowing beer at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 was a good one. Um, and it was funny because they didn't have that on our side of the arena, at least I hadn't seen it. Uh, cause even the guys oh. I was sitting by, they're like, where'd you get that? I, I haven't. Cause the one guy that we were sitting with, he is a craft beer aficionado. 
he he also loves baseball, so he goes on a trip to see a couple of stadiums every year. He goes, yeah, the, the last trip I went on, it was five days, and I went to 110 breweries. <laughs> and I was like, Nate, how the hell do you go to 110 breweries in five days? But he doesn't, like, go and get flights and sample the beers at each one. No, he goes and buys, like, a six-pack of every beer they have and takes them home and then drinks oh. them. I was like... <laughs> Because that's the only way you can hit 110 breweries in five days. Um, I, I was going to say, he doesn't have a liver if he, he's able to do that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, even he he was like, that was, he's like, that's a good beer. Where did you get it from? I was like, well, I got it from Adam over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where he got it from. Which is funny. is like, it was, I, I don't know if you guys have them in the, during the summer in uh, like Minnesota or Chicago area, but um the guys that walk around with the little ice cream carts like oh, ringing yeah. the bell yeah like it was literally like in the end zone maybe 100 150 feet away from where we met up oh funny it was just like it was just one of those little carts that was just yeah. sitting over there and i was like let me get one of those and it was okay <laughs> Tur- turns out he wasn't even supposed to be there <laughs> probably not i don't know but he he got eight dollars of my money and you got a good beer so it worked out eight dollars is good because when i got a labat blue before the game and i think that was like 15 so oh wow yeah see like that that storm brew (laughs) see that that storm brew out here in california would have been you know an 18 dollar beer just that one i got you (laughs) yeah um it it was funny because my dad for whatever reason decided in the month of february he wasn't going to have any beer Except on Wednesdays, he would have his two after they they do trash pickup every Wednesday and they go out for drinks. And mm-hmm. I was like, so you're only going to have eight beers this month. And rather than skip Wednesdays and have one with me, you're just going to not have a beer at a hockey game. I was like, this does not make sense. Because <laughs> like, you're, you're turning 70 in a few weeks. You should be smarter than this, Dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I digress. Uh, so when you tape your stick, you go heel to toe or toe to heel. Well, um, as you like to state, I am a psychopath and I have a very good reason why I go toe to heel and it's because I'm a little OCD. So on the edge of my goalie stick, where the toe is, I have to have that perfectly straight line with the tape. Every Mm -hmm. time I start from heel to toe, I can never get that line as, as I think of it as straight as I can get it. But yeah, I, I start from toe to heel to be a psychopath just to have that that straight line of tape at the toe <laughs> do you get the speed square off to make sure like it's perfect no i'm not i'm not that much of a psychopath but i am psychopath enough that i start from toe to heel <laughs> you're, you're not superstitious but you're a little stitious <laughs> i i am a baseball player i am absolutely yeah. superstitious <laughs> yeah um the good old michael scott so what is your favorite number to wear and why uh, 32. And it's actually one of your former guests is the reason why I do it. Surprising that I am a Ducks fan. Yeah. Um, but I wore 32 because of Kelly Rudy. Um, when I started, when I started getting into hockey because of the Mighty Ducks movies, the Ducks, the, An- or the Mighty Ducks Anaheim weren't a team just yet. So my only option was the Kings. So I started watching Kelly Rudy and that's why I started wearing 32 for um, pretty much all my sports, baseball, hockey. Um, I couldn't get in football because I wasn't that lucky. But yeah, Kelly Rudy is the reason that I wear. Um, nowadays, I wear a headband and not a bandana. But back in the day, yeah. I wore a bandana and 32, all because of Kelly Rudy. Yeah. Well, but at I, the I, same I, time, 
Well, I was going to say at the same time, when I first started playing hockey, I started wearing number four because I thought Scott Stevens was the greatest thing in the world. But <laughs> it's like you say, you know, once you put on that goalie jersey, just single numbers don't feel right. Like having yeah. number four as a goalie just felt weird. And then once I started seeing Kelly Rudy, I adopted 32 and I've been wearing that ever. Well, I take the back. I've been wearing that in net ever since. But now it's a weird debacle. Our president of the Patriots wears 32 and no one else is allowed to wear 32. So as a skater, I wear 42 because of my wife. That's her favorite number. But my pre the president said, once I actually get back in net, I'm allowed to wear 32 only in goal. So I have my 32 jersey ready to go here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, there you, you see, you, you got to that, – that's one of the reasons you got to get back in net. It's just to wear your number again. Pretty um, much. That was that was my motivation. <laughs> that's when I started piecing together yeah. here. So the last question, what advice do you have for young goalies? Um, it actually kind of stems from a, a lesson that I learned in baseball. Um, I've just kind of switched it over for hockey as, as a goalie. You're only as good as your next save. Mm -hmm. um, whatever happened has already happened. You can't change that. But you can change everything that you do from you know then on. So say if someone just came in and dangled around you and put a nice little snipe, you know, top, uh, top shelf against you, it's done. It's over with. Flush it. You know, worry about the next save. That's all you can do. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times do we see it where a kid makes an awesome save and they're still focused on it and the next shot goes by them? Um, yeah. Yeah. They make this awesome, you know, post to post, split save, windmill. And next thing you know, you get a clear shot, you know, slap shot from the point that just somehow found its way in because they're not yeah. focused. Yeah. It's on. Uh, high school baseball tryouts are coming up here for my son. We've been talking about that. Like, don't focus on the ball that just got by you. Focus mm -hmm. on the next one that's coming at you because it's real easy to get down on yourself thinking about the ones that have gotten by. But it's yeah, in the it, was, past. it was it was my high school baseball coach. You know, I, I was a catcher, but he told one of our pitchers, he goes, "You're only as good as your next pitch." And same thing as a catcher, like. I, I came from an era where I was the captain on the field. You know, I, yeah. I was the catcher. I was the general. Right. So I took that to heart. Like, you know, my pitcher is only as good as the next pitch that I call. Yep. So I'm only as good as the next pitch. And once I started playing hockey again and, you know, people started realizing I was a goalie and I'm a little seasoned because I'm, you know, three years younger than you, I think. We yeah. won't bring up the number. We won't bring up the numbers. I was gonna say I'm 42, but, so okay. So yeah, Just I'm 39. Turn. So I'm 39, about to be 40 this year. So. Youngin. <laughs> uh, I'm slowly, I'm slowly behind you, but to yeah, be people always ask again. <laughs> well, in the mil because of the military, I'm probably older than you. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like I, you know, I get those questions like, well, what, what advice do you have? It's like you're only as good as your next save. Like you're only as good as your next shot. That's yeah. It, it's transferred from baseball into hockey to me. So, yeah, well, in it, it transfers not from sport to sport, but into your work life as you get older. You know, yeah. I, I talk about it all the time with my coworkers, and I, I've even used it in interviews. So they're like, "What makes you good at your job?" Is like, I was an athlete. I, yeah, exactly. Know, I know how everything goes together, and if something goes wrong, okay, great. Let's learn from it, and move on. Let's not dwell on it, and you know point fingers let's let's just play still going we got to figure it out 
exactly. Yeah. Well, totally Adam, <laughs> it's been fun chatting. Uh, I'm glad we were able to uh, get you on here and we were able to meet up in uh, Raleigh uh, of all places, you know, guy from LA needed to go to Raleigh to meet up with a guy from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the craziest circumstances of us actually meeting in person, but yeah, I, I'm appreciative of the entire experience, you know, the being able to go to the stadium series, but at the same time being able to meet up with you and, I, I kind of have to be a, well, I'm just going to say it. I, I have to kind of be a smart ass and shout out a, a little miss, a teeny teen, uh, Tindy herself. That was a former guest of yours, uh, Callie, because it was because of her that I started listening to your podcast and, oh, cool. but it is, it, but it is because of you that I continue to listen to the podcast. So had to give her a little bit of a shout out, but yeah. yeah, the the whole experience of me getting selected to go play in Raleigh for the veteran showcase to go to the stadium series to find out you're going there to actually meet you in person and put a face to the uh, to the Instagram you know messages we've had. It was, yeah, it, it's all been a great experience, and I appreciate everything. Yeah, it, it was uh, God, like you said that that weekend. It, it was a core memory weekend for sure, and uh, I'm I'm glad we were able to uh, meet and uh, you know. We'll, we'll keep in touch for sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, Joe. I, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. And yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. I'll definitely have some uh, goaltending questions for you in the future. Oh, bring them my way. I, I'm here for them. So, well, Adam, <laughs> you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, like you said, we'll keep in touch. Definitely. Absolutely, Joe. All right. Bye now. All right. Have a good one. It was fun meeting up with Adam and Raleigh. It's not too often I get to meet fans of the podcast in person, and even better, getting to chat with him in this episode to get to know him better was awesome. First and foremost, though, I want to thank him for his service to our country. Be sure to follow Adam on Instagram at Adam Broll. that's B-R-O-E-H-L. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Brews and Bruins podcast, the Straight Up Sabres podcast, and the In the Dome Calgary Flames podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie, have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. Be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time... Keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
Right over.